0: welcome back brooklyn nets fans i finally get to make this video i've been trying to make this since monday when media day happened but i've just been busy so we're here on saturday night i'm going to react to nets media day i haven't made a nets video since kd announced he was staying in brooklyn that was like a month and a half ago so it's been a while i made a nets hype video if you guys haven't checked that out go ahead i thought it came out pretty good and got some positive reviews in the comments so far so hopefully you guys enjoy that but yeah we'll talk about media day some of what to expect this season I'm going to do a season preview video before the season starts. So this is not my last Nets video before the year starts, but I will make another one before the regular season begins. But anyway, hope you guys enjoy and let's get into it. By the way, if you're on YouTube, you saw I changed my background. I used to have a background of like the Barclays arena, but that picture was taken during the playoffs two years ago. And it's just depressing. That playoff, run, quote unquote, still haunts me, the the Bucks game seven loss, so I'm like, you know what, we're just going to get that out of my mind, so now it's just a regular blank background with some like designs. All right, so media day. Most times it's boring. Nine times out of ten, people just show up and, and say, say the same cliche shit that no one cares about, but for the Brooklyn Nets this year especially, it was pretty intriguing because of the entertaining drama-filled offseason that the Nets had this past offseason. That was with the Kevin Durant trade, Kyrie Irving's contract negotiation, Ben Simmons, how's he doing? Joe Harris's rehab, how's he doing? And how did Steve Nash and Sean Marks react to everything that happened? So We're going to touch on some quotes. It's going to be a lot of paraphrasing. I'm not going to read every single thing these guys have said because that's going to be a two-hour video. So I'm going to try and paraphrase what they said. But some interesting quotes from KD and Kyrie. They were very honest, honestly. I mean, there's only so much you can really say to the media. But I thought those guys were pretty transparent for the most part. So we'll get into it. We'll start with Katie. So Kevin Durant, the main question was, why did you request a trade on June 30th from the Brooklyn Nets? And just to sum up his answer, it pretty much was he wanted to run it back with the same group he thought he was gonna run it back with, and that of course was Kyrie Irving and James Harden. And we know Katie and Harden started the year together. The Nets got off to a pretty good start; they were like first in the East, so that's better than pretty good. But they were like 23 and nine until the injuries happened and whatnot. But they never had the big three together last season. They played a grand total of two games together this past season. Uh, Kyrie, Katie, and Harden and that was not what Kevin Durant had signed up for. And KD was the first and only guy of the big three to sign an extension with Brooklyn. We know last offseason, two offseasons ago now, that James Harden and Kyrie Irving were also supposed to sign long-term extensions with the Brooklyn Nets. And then that didn't happen. Last season played out and everything that could went wrong did go wrong for the Nets. And that includes a Joe Harris injury, a Katie injury, a Kyrie Irving vaccine mandate issue. And the Nets just did not have a great roster as compared to the year prior when they had Jeff Green and Landry Shem and guys like that. Durant just pretty much said he wants stability. He thinks there's not enough urgency here and the Nets are too laid back. It just seems like he wants stability and the Nets were not giving it to him. I think that makes sense and I definitely agree with that. KD did throw in a little nugget. He didn't really spend too much time on it, but he did have a sentence where he was kind of praising Sean Marks For this past offseason, he said he liked what the Nets did. That includes Royce O'Neal, TJ Warren, guys like that. And Durant was asked, did he think that the drama that just happened here will keep players away from Brooklyn? And he pretty much said no, like Markeith Morris signed here recently knowing what went on, and he had offers from other teams. So Durant does not think that other stars around the league and other players are gonna shy away from going to Brooklyn because of the circus that's gone on here for the past year and a half. Now, another interesting thing Durant mentioned was that he was not a fan of how the Nets couldn't play through adversity when Durant was out with his injury. Durant hurt his MCL on, I think, January 16th, a game versus the Pelicans, and at that point, the Nets were in first or second place. They were having a great season, Durant goes out they start out 2-1 and one without him but then the Nets dropped like 11 games in a row I think he I think KD said 10 but it was really 11 games so the Nets had a long long losing streak when Kevin Durant was out and KD was not a fan of how the Nets played and couldn't really face adversity when he was not in the lineup and I agree with that to an extent I, I think there is context to what happened during that losing streak you did have Kyrie Irving not playing in half the games because the mandate was still going on. Kyrie could not play at home, but you also had James Harden just mentally checked out at that point. James Harden was not really playing to his max ability. He was still kind of hampered by the hamstring stuff, and his mind was already in Philadelphia, so I can't really say that James Harden was really putting in max effort. That's pretty easy to say. They also played some good teams during that stretch. They played The Warriors, they played the Suns, they played the Nuggets. They played some good teams on the road. They had a long West Coast trip, which was good and bad because Kyrie was able to play on the road, but it was also bad because the Nets were playing good teams. But they did lose games they should have won. I think they lost a game at the Wizards. They lost a game at Sacramento, which was James Harden's last game, where he visibly was just tanking out there and did not want to win, it seemed like. So KD definitely had a point. I can't get mad at him about that, but I do think this is something that could have been resolved without a trade request. That's kind of the concerning part. And somebody asked, like, what are you going to do, Kevin, if more adversity strikes this team this season? Or are you going to request a trade next offseason? season? And Katie basically just denied it and was like, look, you guys know that when I'm on the court, I put in 100%, blah, 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 and if people don't trust me or something, that's on them. So it was kind of like, you know, Kevin didn't give us the best answer there, but at least he's honest. I will give him that. So if the Nets go through another tough season this year, do I think he'll request out? Probably. And I think the Nets, if they do have a rough season this upcoming year... It might be time to just blow it up and say, okay, it didn't work. It was a big failure and we have to move on. But for right now, at least, there are positive vibes. I think guys are on the same page. I I guess there is some awkwardness to it because of what just happened. But I do think guys can look past that. And as long as the Nets are winning games next year, there should be no problems. Now, this part was not from media day. It happened yesterday. I think it was uh, September 30th. And it was like an after-practice uh, interview. Not interview, but just like press questions. And, and Kevin Durant kind of snapped back in a way at a uh, reporter. I don't know who the reporter is, but I don't know if snap back's the right way to put it. But Kevin Durant said this when the reporter asked about the Nets season from last year. You've obviously played on title teams. You've played on great teams. How confident are you that this group can build the camaraderie that it needs to reach that level? Well, we mean camaraderie everybody being on the same page. I mean, we were always on the same page, I think. You think last year, at the end of last year, you guys were on the same page? Did we have our whole team? Some guys were hurt. Did we have our whole team in the playoffs. Did we have our whole team towards the end of this, like after All-Star break? It's kind of hard to build and camaraderie when you don't have God's plan. If you compare us to the great teams in the league, we've been together for two, three years. You know what I'm saying? We got thrown together the last two years, three years. This is also a new iteration of the Nets as well. So yeah, it wasn't like hostile or anything like that, but he did stand up for himself. He stood up for the team, which I liked. And he's right. I mean, like this team after the All Star break last year was, um, how do I put it? They were just not. They just never looked organized. And it was like they were always playing on the fly. And they had that attitude of like, oh, we'll just get to the playoffs and we'll be fine because we're talented. And like that was never going to be the case. I was kind of fooled. I'm sure some other Nets fans were fooled because the regular season shouldn't matter to this team going forward. I think the last couple of years, the Nets really never took the regular season that seriously. I know two years ago, they were the two seed and they had a better regular season, but it also seemed like they never really cared. And especially last year, the regular season was never a big deal to this Nets team. Now they have to take it seriously because there has to be a lot of chemistry with this team going forward. And these guys have to get reps together, have to get minutes together because even Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving have only played like 50-something games, I think it is, together in their three seasons on the Nets. I know Katie missed the entire first year, but still, that's two years of games they could have played together, and they've only played like 50 or 60 games together. That's not enough. On to Kyrie Irving now and some of my takeaways from what he said at his media day. He said getting swept by, it wasn't just by the Celtics, it could have been by anybody he mentioned, but just getting swept in the first round was one of the few times he ever felt embarrassed, quote unquote, when leaving a basketball court. And, you know, for a guy as talented as him, that definitely speaks volumes. So I really think that, you know, last year's playoff series will motivate the guys that were here last year and all the naysayers and people that doubt this team. That's gonna fuel guys like Durant and guys like Ben Simmons, who I think pay attention to that stuff. Kyrie not as much, but he still hears some stuff, I think. But KD especially, we see it on Twitter. Um, ben Simmons has admitted he's he's seen stuff before. He said it on JJ Reddick's podcast, which was a good podcast by the way. And they asked Kyrie about the Kevin Durant trade request, which they should have asked. And you know, Kyrie said it was awkward. He said it was weird because he just opted in two days prior and there was a lot of uncertainty but ultimately he wanted Kevin Durant happy whether he was a Brooklyn net or not but Kyrie did mention yeah it was weird it was awkward and he wasn't sure what was going to happen now the big quote that was put out by ESPN because this one got the clicks and and took the headlines was that Kyrie gave up four years and a hundred something million dollars to remain unvaccinated and yeah there is I'm sure truth to that I'm sure that last offseason like two years now whatever the hell it is the offseason after the buck series Kyrie apparently was in deep discussions with the Nets to have a contract extension and it seemed like that was going to happen and then once the Nets found out he was unvaccinated and that can really like you know there was a lot of uncertainty there of course with city laws and, and mandates that were going to come up Um, The Nets decided to kind of pull that offer and not give it to him. And Kyrie decided to remain unvaccinated and gave up like a hundred something million dollars to, to make that choice. And as I've said before, he's a man. I respect it. He can make whatever decision he wants. And it sucks because the Nets were one of the few teams in the NBA. The Knicks were one of them. And I think Toronto. And maybe California at one point, those teams as well, were the only teams to have like these vaccine mandates. And we know the optics of that made no sense that the visiting players that were unvaccinated could play, but Kyrie couldn't play. None of that shit made sense. But yeah, Kyrie was supposed to have a contract extension with the Nets before training camp. This past year, and it just never happened. Now, Kyrie, this past offseason, apparently had some offers from other teams, and you know, that was the thing because Kyrie, of course, could have declined his option and just went to free agency, but the situation with him was so uncertain because the market for Kyrie Irving was not that great like no one can really trust Kyrie Irving right now as a player because he just hasn't played in many games recently whether it's his own fault or just things that have happened with him seeming like uncommitted to the team and things like that some of it's fair some of it's unfair but you know teams did not want to give Kyrie a four or five year deal because of the uncertainty with him as a player so he said he had a few options was not sure if he was going to remain in Brooklyn but after weighing his options he thought coming back here was the best thing for him Kyrie's always wanted To be a net, I think he wants to be here long term, and hopefully, this is the season he can put it together and be on the floor for you know 70 something games and really just show the Nets hey, like I want to be here, let's get a long term deal done. And if he does have a great year, that should be the case. But the main takeaway was Kyrie seems focused and he seems motivated, that's the big thing, and I think. You know, even before this media day happened, people speculated that Kyrie's gonna have a great season because he has a lot to prove and he's playing for a contract. And I agree with that, but just based on his demeanor at the media day, it just makes me feel even more confident that Kyrie, barring injury, will have a great season. So I'm excited about that. Now Ben Simmons, of course, Simmons is a polarizing player right now because of the uncertainty with him and Kyrie Irving. But Ben Simmons, especially because he has not played in an NBA game since the playoffs two years ago now from a physical standpoint ben simmons says he feels good physically the plan is to play in the opener versus the pelicans and that he has no practice limitations so that's great news ben simmons should be out there the first game of the season not sure about preseason. The Nets have their first preseason game on Monday, which is two days away. It's pretty exciting, but I'm not sure who's going to play there, but maybe we see Ben Simmons make his Nets debut there. Um, they are playing the Sixers. So that's pretty funny. So maybe that happens. Now mentally for Ben Simmons, because it was a physical and mental issue, he says he is definitely ready mentally as well. So he has no mental limitations, no physical limitations. Ben Simmons seems like he's good to go right now. Now Ben Simmons was asked about what position he wants to play he said he doesn't care he just wants to make plays that will impact the game and help the team win he said all the right things he wasn't as like upfront as Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving were but i thought Ben Simmons sounded good he was confident and you know, he's a guy that has a lot to prove. So, I'm excited about him and how he fits into this team, but he didn't say anything that was like too too crazy. He does keep bringing this up. He said it on the JJ Redick podcast and he said it during media days, so this is really sticking with him. But he keeps mentioning how his best stretch with the Sixers was when Joel Embiid was out and he was surrounded by a bunch of shooters that wanted to play at a fast pace and that was with guys like I think it was Redick Ersan Ilyasova, maybe Tobias Harris. I don't know, there's just a bunch of guys that can run and, run and shoot the ball, right? So Ben Simmons had his best stretch when playing with guys like that. And you look at the Nets roster, they don't have a guy like Joel Embiid that's going to like just sit in the paint and be a guy that's like a back-to-the-basket type player. The Nets have the type of roster right now where they have shooters and guys that want to run the floor like Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. So this might be the best situation that Ben Simmons has been in roster-wise, and I'm excited to see how he can fit in with these guys. Now, for Steve Nash and Sean Marks, Steve Nash at Media Day really had nothing to say. He was just keeping quiet mostly the entire time. But Sean Marks had this quote about Kevin Durant. He said, if KD still wanted out, he wouldn't be here. So I know people like have that thought of like, oh, KD probably doesn't want to be here, but the Nets just didn't want to trade him because he's really good but no i think kevin durant really does want to be here right now but he also wanted to voice his frustration and concerns to the nets front office and mark said that that was a good thing that this whole trade request happened because it's going to hold people more accountable and it really woke them up to do their jobs better whether that's steve nash or sean marks those guys are now kind of put on high alert because okay our best player called us out we got to do better and really just like focus on being better more than we had in the past. So like no huge takeaways from Sean Marks and Steve Nash, but that one quote kind of stood out to me. This one sucks. TJ Warren is out till November, Steve Nash said. So that one is shitty. You don't want to see that, but we know TJ Warren is coming off of like the bad foot fracture. He has only played four games the past two seasons combined. So It sucks, but yeah, you got to take it slow with TJ. Just wait till he's ready. There's no point in rushing him out there. I was hoping he'd be ready for opening night, but that's not the case. Seth Curry, though, he seems more questionable for opening night. We know TJ Warren's not going to play opening night. Seth Curry seems like 50-50 up in the air, so we'll see what happens with Seth. But he did say he had things cleaned out in his ankle, that ankle surgery he had. And it's stuff that's been bothering him the past couple of years. I think he might've said a few years, honestly. But yeah, Seth Curry had an ankle injury that's been bothering him for at least a couple of years now. He got that taken care of. It's no guarantee he plays in the opener. He might not, but Curry is still kind of 50-50. And he mentioned that the training staff has the final say on whether he plays or not. So I would assume the Nets take a more conservative approach. I'm not, you know, expecting Curry to play in the first game of the year, but if he does, that would be great. Royce O'Neal didn't really have much interesting things to say I mean he's wearing the double zero number which I find disgusting I just don't like that number on him I wish he kept 23 I don't know maybe the Nets retired that number I can't remember now but I don't know but just just seeing Royce O'Neal with double zero it's just not I just didn't like it I don't know I mean we saw Rodion Skouroux had that number he had some success at times I know Andre Bloch was a single zero, but I don't know what other double zeros there were in Nets history. But yeah, I don't know. It's just a weird number. So I didn't really like the look of that. But Royce O'Neill seems to be a guy that's like a glue guy, keeping the locker room together. Everyone seems to like him. So, you know, we know what he did with the Jazz. An above average defender can make threes. And I'm excited about his role with this team. Nick Claxton, he talked about his hair. That was a big thing, of course. He said, blondes have more fun but the blonde messed up my hair. So I'm sure something with the chemicals was messing with Nick Claxton's hair. So now he has a buzz cut back to his original dark hair. Claxton did say, I was almost traded at the trade deadline. So he knows what happened last year. The Nets had a very interesting trade deadline, trying to get James Harden move to the Sixers, but also trying to make some moves to make the roster better for last year. But I think the Nets management even knew at the trade deadline last offseason when Harden was traded that this Nets team was not ready to compete that season. This was more of a future approach. So they decided not to trade Nick Claxton, which I think was the right move looking back on it. So of course, Claxton got the extension this offseason. It was like a three-year $30 million deal or three-year $40 million. I think it was three-year $30 million deal. Yeah. So Nick Claxton got the extension. He's back. He mentioned he wants to be more consistent at the the free throw line he did a lot of reps he has a new free throw routine and that's pretty much it if Nick Claxton can make his free throws at like a 70% clip we're fine with that you know he just can't have one of those moments where he single-handedly lose lost the Nets a playoff game last year and arguably two because he went one for five in game one at the free throw line versus Boston the Nets lost that game by one point so if Nick Claxton made like four out of five free throws or three out of five, the Nets could have won that game and the Jason Tatum layup probably never would have happened. So Nick Claxton, yes, could have cost the Nets at least, you know, one, maybe two games in the playoffs last year. The free throw shooting has to get better. He knows that. The Nets did post a clip of Claxton shooting a free throw in the background. He had like this ugly hitch. I was not a fan of seeing that, but like maybe it's going to work out. Results will speak louder. We'll see how you know how that goes. Joe Harris, he has had he's been full go for a month, no limitations with his ankle. You guys are seeing now in the video I'm playing in the background on YouTube, and um, obviously you can't see it in the podcast. But Joe Harris is practicing with the team. That's great news. Joe mentioned he tried everything he could to get back last year, but he was never confident on his play on the defensive end. Joe said he could have played last year as a catch and shoot guy, but playing defense with his ankle limitations. Would have been a problem last year, so the Nets decided to just not play him and get the second surgery, and just to make sure everything was going to be okay for this year. But Joe did mention he felt very good about coming back last year. He thought it was going to happen, but it never did, and it was frustrating because when Harris went out in November versus the Thunder with the ankle injury... We were sitting there thinking, okay, it's going to be like a four to six or maybe six to eight week injury, but we'll have Joe Harris back by the second half of the year. He'll be okay. But that never happened. The ankle injury was worse than they thought. He was supposed to come back, then got a second surgery, and that was it for him on the year. But the net strategically announced him out for the year, the game that Kevin Durant returned from the lineup from his injury. So good job by the Nets PR team on that one. Patty Mills, nothing too interesting, but he did mention that there was a quote where Patty Mills said, there was a stage there where I was a bit cooked. And of course that was referring to last year, how Patty Mills played the most minutes on the Nets last season. You don't wanna see that. And look, Patty Mills had a great first half. He looked like one of the best offseason signings in the entire NBA. But the second half of the year, Patty Mills was very inefficient. And that was pretty much it. Nothing else that was too eye-opening. It seems like there's a lot of uncertainty still. I mean, I, I feel good about this team right now, but I also am aware that things can really just go off the rails if they go on a losing streak or injuries happen. So I don't know. Steve Nash has a lot to prove, but the Nets feel like they have the highest ceiling in the NBA, but also the lowest floor. So like, there is just so much variance as to what can happen with this team this year, which makes it exciting but also terrifying at the same time as a fan so we'll see um we'll see how the preseason goes i mentioned they play on monday versus the sixers don't know who's going to play but we'll find out soon obviously um in the preseason they play the sixers on the third they play the heat on the sixth they have six days off they play the bucks on october 12th then two days later they play the timberwolves in minnesota on the 14th And then opening night is October 19th versus the Pelicans. The Nets' first two games actually are at home, so hopefully they can start out 2-0. I mean, the Pelicans are a fun up-and-coming team. Zion looks really good, and the Raptors are always tough. But I think the Nets could win both those games, so we'll see what happens. But anyway, we're getting too far ahead of ourselves here. I will have a Nets whole season preview type video going on probably that final week before you know, the regular season starts somewhere from October 10th to about October 14th. I might wait till Friday night after the final preseason game to make that video in case like an injury happens, God forbid, knock on wood, something like that. But yeah, I will have a Nets season preview out at some point soon. So hopefully you guys stay tuned for that. But yeah, that'll do it. It was a pretty uh fun, entertaining media day. It was a annoying offseason that hopefully we can put behind us but just player and personnel wise I was happy with the Nets offseason getting Royce O'Neal and getting TJ Warren guys like Edmund Sumner and even Markeith Morris hopefully can be a nice low-key signing the Nets actually mentioned they want to play Markeith at the five so Steve Nash didn't mention that I forgot to say that my bad but yeah Markeith Morris is looked at as a, a center for this team so we'll see how that goes of course they have Nick Claxton they have Ben Simmons, that can play center. Dayron Daron Sharp's a guy that I always sleep on and forget about, but he has looked in better shape this year. So we'll see what, um, what Dayron Sharp can contribute this season. So we'll find out. But yes, I will talk to you guys soon, the next couple of weeks. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this video, and I'll talk to you guys next time.